All right, welcome to this week's episode of the JJ Reddick Podcast with Tommy Alter. In a moment, we'll be joined by our guest, Taylor Rooks of Bleacher Report. Uh, Taylor hosts a show on Bleacher Report called Take It There. Uh, she's previously worked for SNY and the Big Ten Network. Um, she's also a great Twitter follower. She's incredibly well-spoken. And in our conversation, I think she educated both of us, and I know she'll educate the listener too, uh, on a lot of things. Uh, she's just incredibly smart. Um, Tommy, how, how is it going out in California right now with, with COVID? Cause like I, there's across the country, I know I saw a chart, I think it was yesterday, um, of these just impeccable graphs from some European countries, Italy, France, Spain, just that perfect oh, flattening curve going of the down. curve. Yeah, and then you see the U.S. this huge spike, and it's going down, and now we've plateaued, Man. and it looks like we're headed back up. Uh, so in California specifically, uh, cases are going up. Um, I know in L.A. County they're definitely going up. I don't think that they are uh, rising at the same speed from the numbers I've seen as like in Arizona or in Texas or Florida, um, but they have not there's been no real flattening to my knowledge, but what's also interesting is the city's open. So restaurants are open. People can, uh, I think there's a, I think there's a capacity limit. So I don't think, right. 25% yeah, think, or whatever it is. I don't think is. that people, I don't think you're going to see full, uh, but, uh, gyms are opening. I got a notice from my gym that they were opening next week. Barbershops are opening. I think that the cities have basically now made this, calculation and this and the states have probably made this calculation that like we can't keep people locked down forever so if you get it you get it and it's very depressing uh but it also to me it's a it makes total sense this was always going to happen i mean this is what happens when you have no federal leadership is the way that there's sort of two ways that we could have flattened the curve like these other countries a we could have had the entire country locked down for three weeks to a month, like what happened in New York and happened in other places where everybody was locked down. I think that you'd have seen sustained success. And the second thing, which to me, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, which is completely infuriating, is there's now actual real evidence that wearing a mask works. And if everybody wore a mask, I don't think that COVID would go away completely, but that there would be a dramatic sure. drop in the number of cases. And the idea that, that whatever it is, 28% of the country thinks that they don't have to wear a mask means we're all fucked because if they don't do it, nothing's going to change. Yeah, that is incredibly infuriating. Let's go back though to like February when they told us, you know, you, sh you don't have to wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Actually wearing a mask is, is maybe going to make you get coronavirus because your hand is going to touch your face. And now it's pretty clear that just by wearing a mask and social distancing, you're helping to mitigate yep. the spread. Um, there are people, so I was going to ask you about mask wearing. This was a topic I wanted to bring up because, uh, you know, we're back in the city right now. I haven't gone down to New Orleans yet, but I'm getting ready to. But at least in New York City, people are wearing masks. I, you know, I like we went to two protests and people are handing out masks. People, there were cops handing out hand sanitizer yeah. at one of the protests I went to. Like people are taking it very seriously here. Um, and then you see other states uh, that maybe 
you know, you've got, uh, where was it? The Ozarks where you've got that huge yeah. bar and all those people just kind of drinking, um, together with no mask on. And look, the weather's nice. I get it. Like I've certainly, my bubble has went from just my family for about 10 weeks to two or three other families. Uh, in the last month, let's say that's my bubble now, right? It's, it's, it's expanded. You know, they, they told us we could start, you know, hanging out in groups of 10, basically, as long as it was the same 10 people. So I've, I've tried to follow the protocols or whatever, but it seems to me like if we just, if all we did was just wear masks and social distance, it would go a long way. Every, every, uh, and I mean, there's a, to, to be fair to your point before, there's been a lot of conflicting information on this. So it's it's not been yes. the same. It's not been the same information since March, but every person who seems to sort of study this and really have a handle on the science of how this thing has spread over the last three weeks to a month has been, they've all been conclusively in agreement in that. And I think what we have to do is just watch what works in other countries. I mean, clearly this is what they're doing in Wuhan and what they're doing in Europe. Wuhan, I saw these clips of Wuhan earlier today where this where coronavirus started, Wuhan is back to normal as a city. Everyone just walks around in masks. One of the things that makes this country unique for better, for worse, and it's been for worse in a lot of ways recently, it's American exceptionalism that the rules don't apply to them. Yes. Yeah. You know, and it's really, it's really disheartening because I just don't know, you know, before a vaccine, I don't know that anything is ever going to get better. Two things to that point. So I, I I totally agree with you that it's it, it, some of this is a cultural thing. So yes, we can look at other countries um, or other places and see what they've done that's been successful. But unless you have complete buy-in, and in our culture, you know the the self-made person, the freedom of autonomy, all this stuff that is rampant, and some of it is a myth, to be yeah. frank with you, but. Uh, Unless you have complete buy-in, you're not going to get anywhere. Um, so that's sort of you know a, a, a huge problem, I think. Well, the other thing is we're talking about the Ozarks and Arizona and the other places. Part of the reason why people in New York, I think, are for the most part wearing masks and and handling this better is they've seen what happens to the city when this thing takes over. And you know, all you have to do is ask anybody that was in New York at any point from the middle of March through probably the end of April, there's they've never seen anything like it. And the numbers are staggering. I mean, the number of people that have died in New York City from this in the last uh, in the last three months is is almost unfathomable. And this is a city that dealt with 9-11 and it dealt with it's it's dealt with a n- number of sort of numerous uh, incidents and nothing like this. And what I'm worried about for these places is people I was in New York, we were both in New York, uh, the beginning of March, like people in New York, you sort of don't, you don't, you don't know that this is coming until it hits you. And then once it hits you, it's too late. You know, there's no way to, the way the spread works, there's no way to put the, the genie back in the bottle. And so, you know, with these places, like if it's really bad in Arizona now, I, I'm sort of shudder to see what it's going to be like in 10 days when, when the spread has gotten even worse, if there's no, if there's no ramifications from the government or from the local leadership. Yeah. The second point I was going to make earlier too was like, I don't understand why mask wearing is a political issue. I don't understand why like not wearing a mask means you're owning the libs or wearing a mask meaning means you're like super liberal. Like I just, I I don't understand why this is like 
a partisan issue. This is like a health issue. It's a public safety issue. It's just where it's put, one put your thing fucking that just sucks on. about this country right now is everything turns into this. Yeah, everything is a partisan issue. We're like we talked about this on on one of the recent pods, but like I don't understand why racism is a partisan issue. Like why are why are, why are human rights a partisan issue? Why are, why is it red and blue? Why is it liberal and 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 yeah. I don't get that. It it's. It's nonsensical. My theory though. on this a little bit, which I'm curious what you think about, is like, you know, the way the the way the media the media ecosystem is built, and the way and Twitter and social media encourages some of these tendencies is contrarian, divisive takes sell, and so rather than just being like, okay, you're right, let's do that, people always have to take the other side on something, and so in certain cases. That's fine if you're arguing about policy, you're arguing about whatever that makes total sense. Da, da, da. In other cases, like you should wear a mask so your neighbor doesn't die. Like maybe don't be a dick and and spread that around. And if you are going to spread it around, I honestly think these these people and I thought this in the beginning. I'm not really good with the public shaming of like random Americans and random civilians. Like even the people at the Ozarks, like it was pretty stupid. But whatever. It's oh, like yeah, yeah. I, it's I, like. I wasn't. I wasn't shaming yeah. that again. I, I'm. I'm going back to like just the, the, what what people are comfortable for with sure. in the culture. For That's sure. all for I was sure. saying. I'm, for sure. No. You, no. 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 no you weren't doing that. it at all. But like other people, like it doesn't. You, you know yeah. this. It it doesn't do us or anybody any good to pick out like Joe Schmo and be like you're you are uh, the reason for the spread or whatever it is. But people in the media and people with a large platform who spread this stuff, they actually I think should be shamed. And they should be ashamed of themselves because they are actually influencing, uh, you know, they're influencing the actions of, at a minimum, like thousands of people and maybe more. Let's get to Taylor. Um, anything else we need to chat about? No, I don't think so. I, I want to talk. The only the other thing is One Tree Hill. Whether you, whether you are, whether <laughs> you're that guy, you're the guy. The Nathan you're talking about Nathan Scott. <laughs> Dude, that's why I drafted the guy. I just needed I just needed a Hooper to play with during quarantine. Everybody thought I was crazy for they're like Nathan Scott from One Tree Hill. Why did you draft him of all the it's like TV North characters? North Carolina, cock. I needed somebody North to hoop Carolina, with. Cocky, cocky white guy, actually good. It's like this is the it's perfect. Yeah, whatever. I you know I I I um I never really watched the show. I mean, I've seen the show, but I never like really got into it. I watched like one season in full and then bits of other seasons. But um, I actually was supposed to be on the show. My rookie year, they asked me to be on the show and I, I was going to go to Wilmington and I was going to film and everything. And speaking part, like we went over this, like I had multiple calls about this. And finally, like, they they gave me the production date and it was like sandwiched between two that games. Like yeah. And I was like, and you can't fly like Orlando Wilmington. Yeah. It's not like the easiest, oh, that you know, sucks. so it was just impossible to do. What was the I know. part? To be honest with you, I can't remember. I know it involves something with Nathan, like him seeing me at, at, at like a gym or something. And then us like talking about, cause I think he had to make some life decision about whether he was going to keep playing or huh. something. So yeah, that would have been a funny show to have a cameo on. Yeah, yeah, it would have been good. Speaking of like how, like I, I I'm really good friends with Brian Koppelman. I know, 
and and all our friends are getting cameos on it's billions. It's kind of a problem at this point. I think you can't do it. <laughs> I think, I think like, I, and he keeps saying to me, "Yeah, yeah, dude, we're gonna get you I on. Sorta, we're gonna get you on. Oh, it's done. It's done. I it's sort of done." Think, I sort of think we have to get you on another show now. Another show about New York, rich people in New York, and media. I feel like that's the <laughs> like su- <laughs> succession, maybe. <laughs> just pop into succession. Like it's just just to show spite that has no cameo. The show that has uh, no cameo. <laughs> <laughs> I would be, I would be great. I, it's so funny because like I was, you know, like obviously everybody knows I, I, I watch Billions or whatever. It's great. When I used to watch Entourage, and it's just like at this point, like I'm by the by the time the next show comes out where they're doing cameos, I'm going to be a retired player. Like I'm, I've I've missed my opportunity. To do a cameo on the show, and also I think I think that a part of part of what makes the cameo in the show good to me though is like, and I obviously we love billions, and the cameos have, in this season have been sort of perfect because they're not they're not like characters, like they just are like just funny like pop ins of people that are recognizable, but in a way that yeah. doesn't distract from the show at all. But like, do you remember when Roy Hibbert did a cameo on Parks and Rec? Like the randomness of it is is part, partially what's yeah. funny. So like if you made a cameo yeah. on like uh like some Netflix teen show or something like that, that people are like, why the fuck is he even Yeah? Why? I do a cameo on Outer yeah, Banks. Like, why is yeah. Speaking of which, have you seen it? <laughs> no, I, I haven't. Just, I just I just I just watched I just um, Little Fires is Everywhere. Yeah. Little yeah. Fires Everywhere is I, awesome. I might watch, I might watch that awesome. this week. Yeah. I rolled through Outer I yeah, did Outer really Banks good. in uh two days last week i think that's that's maybe me and chelsea's show I before so i leave too. it makes you that, it makes you want to go one. to the outer banks um it's god's country yeah. apparently all right let's get to this week's guest uh taylor rooks uh excited about this let's roll all right let's welcome in uh this week's guest uh, Taylor Rooks. Taylor, thanks so much for joining Tommy and I. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me. I have been looking forward to this. I always go on Twitter and I see everybody on the podcast. So now I'm happy that <laughs> I get to We've it. been saving it. This is a big one for us too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward we decided, to it. We decided like two months ago, we were like, we got to get Taylor on. We got to get Taylor on. <laughs> and it was just, you know, a lot's been happening in the world. Like we've just... Is it, we, it's not that we're putting you off. It's not that we're putting you off. <laughs> I believe you. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to jump right into some NBA stuff. So uh, if you follow along over the last few days, um, you know, I think there's a push from uh, a group of players, not all the players, but a group of players who are kind of leaning towards wanting to sit out the season. Uh, and what they're saying is it's going to be a distraction uh, from the social justice movement that's happening all over the country right now. Um, I just wanted to get your, I wanted to start right there and let's get your thoughts on it. Tommy, I want you to chime in as well, because I think there's a lot to sort of talk about uh, on this. For sure. You know, I want to start off by saying I truly don't know which side I'm on yet in terms of playing or not playing. I think I'm leaning towards understanding the not playing aspect more because for me, the answer is kind of in the question, right? Like the reason we want the NBA to come back is so that we can talk about it and so that it can give us something to do. So if the player's point is that it's going to draw away from the things we should be talking about and things we should be doing, you kind of inherently proved their point by winning the NBA 
to return, you know? Um, I also think there is validity to the idea that a ton of people could lose money, which would then take revenue from Black communities, Black families, the advancement of Black people. I, I totally get that point. But I also think not playing can help with the long game, which is you're going to have to pay us because we're the product. The CBA is going to be redone regardless of if you play or not. Like there's just, there's so many different things that go along with it, but I think it makes sense to not play. Um, I think it's really been cool to see players take such a, a strict and like direct stance on their beliefs, something that we haven't seen in a long time. But when it comes down to it, what I think is going to happen is basketball will happen. Some people just won't be there. Well, what I would add to that also,